Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, your host, Megan Tripp. Today, I'm with Sarah F. Decker. She's been on the show before. And uh, instead of us having to talk about a movie, life's been a little bit crazy. So we decided to just have a chat. So I hope you enjoy this conversation that we had. Hit record. I have also hit record and I have waveforms. All good. Oh, shit. Oh, I lost you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So I hit record and then I like got to click <laughs> and then I immediately clicked the X, which was behind right. my audacity so I could see you, <laughs> but then I couldn't. So feeling very professional today. <laughs> it's like, it's like one of those days, you know, <laughs> everyone is, you know, Yeah, I was going to like do one more Target run today and go to the university library and that didn't happen. So those are going to happen hopefully tomorrow. I want to like stock up on books and the like, I don't know, like I'm worried campus might like straight close, which at the moment it hasn't, Mm -hmm. but I'm worried that it could. So I want to, yeah, have, have as many books here as possible just in case. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still expected to deliver a book manuscript by the beginning of June. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, the reason you're quote unquote here today mm-hmm. <laughs> is um, so we could have a chat about uh, podcasting and watching movies for podcasts and all that sort of stuff because I didn't want to have to watch a movie this time <laughs> so that's fair <laughs> I didn't <laughs> so how did you uh, get started with podcasting I Actually, I think I decided that this was something I wanted to do in part. In fact, I was sort of, I think, looking for a hobby, after an extra hobby after I got divorced. Um, but And at that time also, like, got very into listening to podcasts. And at some point, and then also in the Flophouse group, like, spent a lot of time talking about every time a medieval movie would come up, I would talk about, like, these are the various things about it that drive me insane. And <laughs> then I was like, oh, I, I could just do this as Mm -hmm. a podcast and uh, then uh, got in touch with I had already been just talking about like medieval movies and like watching some uh, virtually for fun with my original co-host Ollie Brady and uh, we decided to uh, you know to uh, start the podcast Uh, he is no longer a co-host but I have kept it going on my own with various guests and it's just it's been a lot of fun and it's been also a really nice way to kind of keep my hand in with doing more straight medieval things while my teaching mm-hmm. has been uh, more Jewish history specifically. And so I haven't had as much chance to teach and talk about certain things that I find exciting. And so the podcast has been a good opportunity to still have an opportunity to talk about those things. Cool. So um, a few questions spring to mind. You said um, when you were just finishing up with your divorce. What year was that then? So that would have been, um, I guess, the beginning of 2017 was when my ex and I split. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, I guess sometime like that, like March, April, where I first started kind of batting the idea around. Uh, uh, Ollie and I recorded a bunch of episodes, like banked to be able to Mm -hmm. like have some things and not like have to worry too much about the week to week. And then I guess I released uh, first in, I think, October of that year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I've heard that advice. Like, if you're starting up a podcast, like, record a few and then um, kind of figure out what you're doing before you post. Right. And, like, then have, like, a little bit of a bank. So then if things go sideways, you, you know, have something to post. I have, excuse me, never followed any of that advice, (laughs) as good advice as that is, (laughs) in part because I'm the sort of person who, like, could plan forever and never actually do a thing. Right. (laughs) So I knew I had to just, like, jump in, otherwise it was just not going to (laughs) happen. Right. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I did actually do the, like, I think we banked 10 episodes. Oh, wow. Before actually releasing anything. 
And I still do tend to at least most of the time have like three or four things banked. Mm -hmm. Um, Although that doesn't change the fact that now that I'm doing my own editing, editing takes me approximately 5 million years. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't know if you felt like you had a big learning curve when you first started having to to do this, but. It's like so embarrassing because I feel like... um... The first episodes sound really terrible. I don't know why it took me like two years to be like, oh, I should compress the files. That would be Mm -hmm. good. But it did. (laughs) And uh, so I should probably like go back and compress those files and Mm -hmm. (laughs) re-release them. It might help a little bit. Um, And now I have like a focus rate thing. So you can like stick a bunch of uh, mics into one box and it, it helps usually now that I'm, like, recording, like, remotely with people. Right. Um, so, like, they take care of their side. Yeah. And I take care of mine. Rather than, like, when you're in the room with someone and then your mic is picking up everything they're saying. Yeah. And then it, it everything sounds, like, muddled and weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I still am not, like, great um, recording, like, in person. Right. <laughs> I've done it, but... Um, uh, I I think it yeah it's I'm a little bit better now that I know a little bit of what I'm doing but I've never done anything like super fancy like I'm still using Audible and it seems to be fine <laughs> right yeah no I just still I uh, use Audacity to record and edit um, it's relatively easy and I understand is, how it works is that what I said or did I say something stupid I think you said Audible I meant to say Audacity oh, okay <laughs> I I've used that too but that has nothing <laughs> for to different do with purposes. Uh, editing yeah yeah no I still use Audacity. <laughs> It's fine. I understand how it works. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll, I don't know, do something higher tech or something. But for right now, it's just it's nice <laughs> to actually have something that, like, I know it basically works and I know how to use it. Exactly. <laughs> That's the main thing. How did you get started? Actually, because you've been going for a while, right? Yeah, it's been, like, three years. Okay. So, yeah, I, like basically just thought the way that a lot of people do like oh me and my sisters or me and my friends or me and whoever are really funny and um so I thought it would be fun to do like something where me and my sisters like rift a movie yeah because that's something we do a lot together um and at that time I like had just started listening to bad movie podcasts Mm -hmm. and I was like do I really want to do another one of those? Like <laughs> other people have done it. So there's no like need to do it. But then I was like, I'm, I'm not like a journalist. I'm not going to like go out and like interview people about like something mm. like the thing that I like is watching bad movies and talking right. about it. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, ultimately it's fine if you have a lot of something in the world, because yeah. you're going to, bring something to it that's like slightly different anyways right so and I think most people who've like come on the show have been like oh yeah I had a lot of fun so you know even if me and this person you know have a fun time yeah then you know if nobody else has a fun time listening to it oh well (laughs) (laughs) and yeah sorry actually it was 2018 not 2017 that I started this I just realized I did like math in my head wrong um (laughs) I was like how many years ago was it but I forgot that it's 2020 not 2019 so oh yeah no it's it's been a a a long couple of years so I can understand the confusion on your part (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, well, yeah. Happened. It's been like a year and a half almost, I guess, that I've been doing this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you um, think that you sounded weird? Because I know a lot of people oh, are like, is that what I sound like? Oh, 100%. Yep. <laughs> I thought that I sounded weird. It also made me so self-conscious about things like how much I say, um. Say um so much of the time. Same, and uh, in podcasts I can edit it out, but then it started started making me so anxious. Like, oh god, how often do I do this when I te- when I teach? Do my students notice? Because I can't edit it out. I, I guess I could now that I have to do video lectures for online instruction, which I will have to exactly. do over the next couple of weeks uh, due to the coronavirus. But um, 
There I go. <laughs> your students, yeah, your students are going to be like, she says um a lot less when she's like behind a camera for some right. reason. I don't know. What I wonder how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've edited out the ums. And I remember there was one episode I did with my sister Kathleen. Mm-hmm. And she said, but anyway, or something. What it was it that she said? I think it was, but anyway. There was some verbal tick that she had, yeah. and I deleted it 19 times <laughs> in 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I also, I do so in that same way as I'm transitioning. Uh-huh. I'll be like, so, blah, blah, yeah. I'll, and I'll do that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that I also, yeah. I cut out a lot when, now that I'm doing now that I'm editing. Yeah. <laughs> and editing in particular, I feel like, really makes you notice. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Have you, like, started watching movies differently in general? Like, not just when you're watching for the podcast? Yeah, I would say it's it's hard to not want to take notes when I watch movies now. <laughs> That's funny. I don't even take notes when I watch for the show anymore. Half the time I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> like when I watch for when I watch for Media Evil, I take compulsive notes. And But you also are doing like fact checking, so right. I feel like you kinda have to Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll have like I mean I end up with these like six to like in some cases ten page word files with a combination of mm-hmm. like plot summary and then some of the fact checking stuff and other research that I've done. And then even if I'm guesting, I also tend to, like, if I'm guesting on a podcast, I also tend to take notes pretty extensively. But now I feel like I even, like, find myself, like, reaching for a pen sometimes or, like, reaching for my computer. And then I'm like, wait, I do not have to take notes as I'm, like, watching Hereditary. <laughs> Nobody cares right. about my opinions. <laughs> I feel like I'm more into like taking notes or having something to say when I'm like guesting on somebody else's show Mm -hmm. because like I remember I was gonna be on uh, John McCoy's podcast yeah sophomore lit and I was like oh yeah I'll talk about poetry I'll talk about Edna St. Vincent Millay she's one of my favorites Mm -hmm. I'll be fun and (laughs) my sister's like why are you such a like case like you're so amped up right now I'm like <laughs> I've just read this poem for the 30th time and I don't know that I have any more notes <laughs> and I need to make notes and then I was like so like I don't know in my own head I <laughs> John had to like remind me to put on headphones he's like uh are you are you gonna put on headphones or are you just gonna let your speakers talk to you while we try to record right. it and I'm like oh my god uh <laughs> <laughs> It, it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time taking notes actually when I read books and uh, or when I'm like reading books that I feel like I'm reading at least partly for fun, which mm-hmm. has definitely been challenging the couple of times that I've done books that I felt like I basically had to like go back and practically reread them oh, in gosh. order to... Are you talking about like for work or what are you talking about? I was talking about stuff when I like for the podcast because I, uh, in, in theory, the podcast has always had the possibility of encompassing books but uh there's only been one book episode that i've actually released and one additional one that has been recorded but that isn't out yet okay yeah i haven't uh heard the one about the book (laughs) which which book did you cover uh spinning silver it's this uh novel by naomi novak is the author and it's a fantasy version of like late medieval early modern eastern europe about a jewish moneylender Okay. Yeah, and it's like a Rumpelstiltskin takeoff. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. It was a lot of fun. I recorded with another medievalist, and yeah, and that was the uh, the one the one book episode that has actually been released thus far. And yeah, I definitely was like, oh, I have to like reread the book in order to actually like come up with a plot summary. <laughs> I feel like if that were me, I'd be lazy and I'd be like, okay, every couple of chapters, we're going to release another episode because there's no way I'm going to spend the time to read a book (laughs) (laughs) and then just record one episode. Right. And I I do at some point actually have a plan. Uh, Ollie is going to come back on to talk about the Wheel of Time series, which is including the prequel 15 books (laughs) and which I'm reading now. I'm on book. I've read now. I'm, I guess I've now finished 11 of the 15 
including, as I said, there's a prequel. Good on you. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> when I'm done, he's going to come on and we're going to cover I'm that. Frozen. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but for that, I'm like, I'm not rereading all of that. Like, I'll remember as much of the plot as I remember. <laughs> I had a glitch with my internet. Now my internet is back, mm. so... Internet. Anyways, you're you're reading the uh, Wheel of Time. You're on eleven of fifteen. Yeah, I'm on eleven <laughs> of fifteen, and uh, yeah, at some point, uh, it's because it's sort of medieval inspired. At some point, uh, we're gonna do an episode. Whatever I remember, I remember. I'm obviously not like going back and rereading fifteen books. Um, <laughs> no. So, but uh, but yeah, so the books are definitely harder in some ways than the movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only I've done, <laughs> um, I like to think of my show as being pretty casual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the only um, research I did was the Megan and Harry, um, yeah, Lifetime movie podcast because I don't really follow the Royals, right? A lot. Nor do I. So, <laughs> so I had to like Google some, what do you call it? Like a scandal involving well it's not like a scandal but she wanted a picture of herself with the people who are running a kitchen okay and to be on the front of this book that was raising money for people in that community who had um been in the glenfall towers when there was a fire Mm -hmm. there so i I think I had heard about the fire, like, when it happened yeah. initially, and then, like, didn't know anything about this kitchen, or, yeah. in fact, there was a cookbook, or, <laughs> so I was like, what is Right, because there was a whole controversy about, like, whether she should have her face on the cover or not, and, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, in the movie, they were like, you should just put carrots on it, because it's, you know, a cookbook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "No, I want to feature the people who are actually doing the work here." Right. And then they're like, mm, "But they're wearing hijabs, and that's gonna be weird." And she's like, "Uh, <laughs> like racism." <laughs> let's let's not be racist if we can help that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't the let's not be racist uh, in real life doesn't seem to have gone over super well as her like. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Uh, the UK has a lot of problems with racism. Yeah, so it seems. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> so it seems. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the uh, only thing I know about the entire situation is that, like, wow, apparently everyone was really <laughs> racist. Yeah. So that, I, I looked up that, and then I looked up that BuzzFeed article that compared headlines mm-hmm. about Meghan Markle to that of um, Kate Middleton. Right. Yeah, I and, remember. Uh, yeah, I looked at that as well. So, I, I think that's as much <laughs> as I did. <laughs> Some very light Google. <laughs> yeah, I do like I do like library research for some episodes. Mm-hmm. There was one where I think I actually somebody was eating oysters in maybe it was the <laughs> Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie, and I decided okay. and I like went down this like lengthy rabbit hole into <laughs> researching medieval oyster consumption and if people uh-huh. would have eaten raw oysters in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the answer, by the way, is that it certainly would not have been considered a like high-status fancy food the way it is now. The like high-status fancy version would be that, like yes, you might eat oysters, but you'd eat like oysters prepared with like 17 spices basically Uh, yeah like it would be this very elaborate preparation as opposed to like the just like eat it raw and appreciate the natural brininess so yeah but I definitely spent like a long time like reading (laughs) articles about uh, Mm -hmm. oysters and like looking and like looking up oysters and some like food history books that I had in the house and yeah yeah I've um, never been great at research. I remember I um, I was an English major mm-hmm. in college, and they had us write papers about like the different mourning ceremonies they had in the 1930s yeah. versus today. Because the in the story, someone dies, and it's the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And so she's speaking very poetically, 
and she's talking about like the flowers in paper cornucopias right and what she means is like when you give flowers typically they're wrapped either in plastic or in paper Mm -hmm. but back then it would have just been paper right and that shape is kind of like a cornucopia Mm -hmm. and in my mind I was like oh they used to make cornucopias out of paper I guess (laughs) (laughs) so I did hours of research trying to figure out stuff about paper cornucopias <laughs> being used in funeral preparations in the 1930s and that was not a thing <laughs> and he found out that they didn't <laughs> no it's just it's kind of conical shaped that's right. what she meant <laughs> that's... but I mean it was a short story too so it wasn't right. like a lot of text to go off of I'm like I don't know what you want lady <laughs> they pretty much do the same thing we do now <laughs> they had funerals right? Like, I don't know <laughs> I mean you know you uh I definitely had my kind of moment of realize that, realizing that I was like a research and also history oriented person when in my maybe senior year English class, I went off on this argument of how Hamlet is actually, uh, in, in, my, in my opinion as a historian, functioning as an argument against marrying your brother's wife. Because uh, it's when Elizabeth is queen and of course Elizabeth's mother was able to marry her father because her father ditched his previous wife because she was his dead brother's wife and that was what allegedly made the marriage invalid and I was like this is what Hamlet's actually all about and my teacher was like this is not what we're having a conversation about (laughs) that's always so funny I remember in high school they um (laughs) unless you were doing like AP they really like Prime due for the information mm-hmm. so it's like right before you read um what is it the crucible mm-hmm. they talk a lot about mccart mccartneyism yeah macarthurism <laughs> <laughs> i've had a little bit of rum guys so <laughs> what i'm gonna say may or may not make sense <laughs> but um so you're supposed to be like oh yeah this is about blacklisting because they tell you about it like right before you read the story. right so it's it's never like feels like an actual organic realization it's not like okay uh we want you to do some sort of research about that time right and like what what the culture was going on and see what connections you can make yeah it's always like okay this this is what it's about right (laughs) so it's kind of cool that in high school you were able to be like actually let me look into this (laughs) for myself (laughs) and figure out what this might be about but that was just because i was like a weirdo who decided like in high school that I was like, I want to be a medieval historian. Uh, oh, wow. You knew back I then? I did. Too. Yeah. Uh, I like, it was like a family trip that I took to England, I guess the summer before my junior year of high school. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of started doing reading about, I kind of always liked history and I started doing some reading about English history and kind of started in the middle ages and then like never actually left. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. And then I basically like decided that's what I wanted to do. I picked my college in part because they had a medieval studies program. So I was I was real into it real early, real early. <laughs> so did you see medieval castles? Is that like why you started in medieval history specifically? Castles, but it was also I I think for me like the connection was really I don't know I just like really made a connection with like reading stories about people. I got really into a lot of stories about the like medieval and early modern English kings and queens. And then seeing, like, castles and other sites associated with them uh, just really, like, hit me in just the right way at that time, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. cool. So, yeah, that's why I'm a medievalist. And then <laughs> and then indirectly why I have a medieval podcast. <laughs> just all naturally comes together. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you watch more, quote-unquote, bad movies now that you have this podcast? Um, ooh, maybe a little. Yeah. To be honest, I watch bad movies a lot. Okay, fair. <laughs> Just like in in general. Um, so I I feel like a little bit, but um, it's funny. I've never. There's been a few moments here and there where I've been like, oh, I care 
more about movies than the average person mm-hmm. does. <laughs> like I remember I was on a date with this guy and I like talked about movies for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a first date and he's like, "So you really like movies?" And I'm like, "Uh, does everyone doesn't everyone like right. movies? Isn't that like a pretty popular pastime?" <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I like movies, but like you you really like them. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I guess." Um but I I would say, like, this podcast and being a part of, like, the Flophouse Facebook yeah. group has, like, made me realize, like, oh, no, I, I, I'm into this more than just uh, casually. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, it's funny because sometimes I'll get... I don't know, concerned that I'm not consuming enough, like, actual art. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, everyone's talking about all these movies and then, like, how amazing they are. And I'm like, I have not, I've never even heard of that movie. I don't know anything about that movie. And then, like, the Oscars come yeah. and I'm like, I don't right. know. Right, it's like year where it's, like, I've so out of the, so like, 10 time. Oscar nominees, I've watched one. <laughs> but I did also <laughs> watch zero. the, like, Robin Hood movie that is, like, yeah. uh, that where they, like, turn the Crusades into the War in Iraq, so... <laughs> um yeah i i feel the same way it's like i've seen four movies that were essentially the same movie over and over again (laughs) right (laughs) about a girl who like goes to a small town and then falls in love (laughs) with someone she went to high school with and decides not to leave her small town after all (laughs) there there are a lot of those there's a lot of those but Yeah. yeah have you seen the night before christmas yet no, not yet. I'm still bitter that you didn't have me on for that. I'm sorry. I uh, I felt I needed to give it to a, a, a different Megan, Megan Griffin, because she's the one who brought the movie to my attention. Mm-hmm. So I felt that I needed, like, in, as, like, a thank you for that to have her on for that episode, uh, because I, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm worried I might not have come across it if somebody hadn't, like, brought it to my attention. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a good thing that it was brought to your attention. Yes. It's definitely uh, in your wheelhouse. Yes, it's... Uh, Did they get anything right at all? Not really, no. No, no. no, no. Uh, I know, like, my favorite thing personally about it is that it is the least religious medieval person that you could possibly oh, imagine. Okay. Like, nobody, including the medieval knight, seems to realize that Christmas is a Christian holiday. That is strange. Which is sort of par for the course, I feel like, for these, like, Netflix Hallmark Christmas movies, is that nobody totally notices that they're Christian holidays. But <laughs> no. when you have this, like, medieval night, it's like, I just, like, want him to, like, be, like, talking about Jesus and the Virgin Mary all the time, and he's not. And it's really <laughs> disappointing, because that would have been much more interesting. <laughs> I know. It'd be interesting if he was just pointing at things and being like, why are you celebrating a pagan holiday? It's supposed to be about Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what is this tree situation <laughs> happening? Who's that guy in red? What? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, man. <laughs> and then Kirk Cameron comes off <laughs> from off screen and he's like, actually, <laughs> materialism is good because Jesus took on a material form. I'm Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kirk Cameron's fa- famous uh, catchphrase, I'm Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Then it can transition into that bit in the name of the rose where they like debate whether whether Christ owned property. What? <laughs> oh yeah, that was like it's That's like strange. a big that was like a big debate in the Middle Ages actually was uh what basically like whether it was cool like whether like Jesus would have owned property and whether it was cool therefore for the church to own property. Oh weird. yeah. Um, and this was like a big hmm. thing with like the papacy being very much on board with like the like, no, it's totally fine for us to own property because they have a lot of property. And uh, <laughs> the Franciscans being like, I don't think that's what Jesus said. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He wanders around and is basically couch surfing his entire ministry. Right. <laughs> like, <I don't... laughs> Jesus, the original freegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Well, it's it's pretty easy to be a freegan if you can command fish to jump into your nets. True. Or just, <laughs> and just make more fish. Like, you get one fish, and then all of a sudden it's like, whatever, I've got unlimited fish. Twelve fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I've definitely also, I would say, have had, yeah, I mean, like, with the night before Christmas and other things, I feel like I do have, like, more of an excitement as opposed to just dread about the, like, truly terrible medieval movies now that I have the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 100% <laughs> planning on seeing in theaters a that movie about uh it's like about a duel and i think like ben affleck and matt damon are in it and like it has something to do with i think there's like a woman who like accuses her husband's friend of rape and like the whole thing that was really about the relationship between the men and it's like oh that's a choice that you're making yes I do remember hearing about that, like, I don't know, seven months ago or something. Right. That's still coming out? <laughs> I, I think so. Because <laughs> that was what I think was, like, kind of first in development. And I keep hearing, like, they they seem to be making progress on it. Oh, And okay. I'm like, I am going to see this in theaters and, like, get an episode out real <laughs> fast. And I am excited to tear this movie to shreds. <laughs> Gosh, I had forgotten that that movie was going to exist. <laughs> <laughs> That is the um, the fun thing about doing like made for TV movies yeah. is like I I don't even care like sometimes I'll try to be like timely and like oh this movie just came mm-hmm. out and I'm gonna do a podcast on it but most of the time it's like eh whatever whatever I can find right. is fine. <laughs> actually like it feels weird. I was actually super accidentally timely because I uh, plan to have two episodes on movies uh, directed medieval, uh, medieval films directed by Ingmar Bergman starring Max von Sydow and I released the first like two days before he died and then have the next coming out in another week oh gosh it's like oh <laughs> I didn't want to be timely but uh... no I, I did not I do not mean this to be as timely as it is apparently yeah <laughs> and so now it's like oh, I feel like I have to like record this like whole additional thing being like I know we make fun of Max von Sydow in this movie, but we're and we feel bad because we, we recorded it well before he died. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, lightly make fun of that him. Is... He's obviously very talented. Oh sure, <laughs> it's always I've felt kind of weird. I've only done a couple of movies where it's based on true events, but mm-hmm. Lifetime has a ton of movies yeah. that are based on true events. So um, I did one where a woman, she um, had a defense where she said it was self-defense. That's the reason that I killed my friend with an axe. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> um, to be fair, her friend came at her with the axe and she wrestled the axe away from her friends <laughs> and then hit her a few times and then uh, was kind of triggered by this event and decided to go crazy on this woman and just continue to chop at her okay anyways (laughs) um i i re-listened to it later to be like am i a terrible person for covering this real (laughs) event where someone got hacked to death i was like yeah that's we weren't that terrible. Yeah, <laughs> they I think mean, it's fine. <laughs> Lifetime is the one that's like exploitative, arguably, in terms of having made the movie oh, in the sure. first place. Yes. I yes. feel like then making fun of it is the correct response. <laughs> I also did the um, Kelly Martin movie where, I think that's her name, where she um, kills her friend Tori Spelling. Mm. Something about the, I don't know. I killed my cheerleader friend or something. I, don't know. I forget what it's called. Something like that. Is that also a true story? Yeah. Okay. And the the main thing I remember is I had to um I was confused because they were both a part of a social club that was a part of the high school and it was called a sorority oh. and I was like is that a thing in high school? I don't think so. <laughs> and then apparently in the 80s it totally was oh, huh. because okay. Uh, they were actually a part of that uh, I mean I think they changed the name of the sorority in the movie but there actually were sororities at this high school and um, I don't know if you ever read the Sweet Valley High yeah Um, I I never 
did, but I listened to the uh, podcast that recaps it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, called Sweet Valley Diaries. And um, they have a, um, what do you call it? A sorority that uh, oh, I, I think Jessica's a part of. Oh. It would have been Jess. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. A weird thing from the 80s. Yeah. They apparently had uh, sororities. Mm. Who knew? <laughs> Do you know, did Hallmark end up releasing its, like, vaguely offensive-sounding Hanukkah movies? Oh, gosh. I don't know. If they did, uh, if they done. did, please uh, please have me on if you ever want to cover that. Oh, Because, oh, uh... <laughs> uh, what in the hell? Yeah. I did watch the one from a few years ago that has Joey What's-His-Face. You know, Joey... Who was on that show, I think, called Joey with the uh, Clarissa... No. I, I don't know. Uh, hmm. It was like, is it like a Friends spinoff? No. Not that Joey. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. My brain is bad. Okay. So, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What's her name? Um. Shoot. What is the actress's name? Um... Is it? Shoot, what is her name? This is the the problem with having a little too much room. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll be all loose and whatever. And it's like, no. <laughs> too loose, too loose. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. Thank you. I wanted to say that, but I was like, no. I knew the Joan Hart part, but I couldn't get melissa out anyways i want to call her google. clarissa joint joan hart <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's wrong and that was all anyways, google, yeah. she she was on a television show with uh joey uh and his name did it is joey lawrence is he like an in sync or something? No. <laughs> he sounds like he would have been. He was in Blossom's brother, and then he was on a show called Joey. Okay. With <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. Anyways. I didn't really watch he TV was also... as a young person. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see, the, the, oh, actually, he was on a show called Melissa and Joey. I have found a picture of him. Anyways. <laughs> These are the things that you could have known if you were less interested in history and more interested in nonsense. <laughs> Anyways, he um, he was in a Hallmark movie where he plays a Catholic and he's... Oh, Hitched for the Holidays. I found mm. it. He plays a Catholic and he's dating... Well, he's fake dating a Jewish girl. And the Jewish girl wants him to pretend to be Jewish and wait isn't that exactly uh, the new movie no 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 no. this movie's old but right but i think the new movie is basically the same plot it's basically the same yeah thing. yeah well you know hallmark they reuse their plots <laughs> right. but um yeah and and she pretends to be catholic she passes for catholic pretty well he does not pass for jewish very well <laughs> at one point they um light the menorah <laughs> and then he blows them out like birthday candles <laughs> and it's one of those moments where I laugh and then like die inside at the same time that totally makes sense to me though that like I that like your average Jew would be much more likely to like know how Christmas works than your average Christian exactly. would be to know how Hanukkah works right like how many like, how much like culture just like gets shoved at you that's mm-hmm. like christian based right yeah <laughs> in america like a lot yeah. and then like how much uh jewish culture just is like out there like some but you'd probably have to seek it out you know right. it's not just like there like you kind of know hanukkah is a thing like you know that you light something <laughs> <laughs> there's a menorah it has to do with like god's provision and lamps in eight days that's what i got for you. right like, yeah I like i feel like that's the other kind of standard like what <laughs> Just like your your average Christian probably like knows about Hanukkah <laughs> if they didn't have like a lot of Jewish friends, right? <laughs> I, like I've had a few Jewish friends, but none super observant. Yeah. So they were like, "Oh yeah, 
we do it, but we don't really care. Right. <laughs> and I, mean, I definitely, like, I have to, like, look up every year stuff about, like, what direction <laughs> to put the candles. Like, I always forget. Because, like, there's, like, there's a rule, and I always forget what the rule is, and every year I have to look it up. So, wait, is it, like, left to right and right to left or something? Yeah, or so, yeah, and, I, and I, now I can't remember which is which, but it's, I, so I might be getting this wrong, but you have to put the candles in from my think left to right so like on the first night you have just like one candle on the left for example but then Mm -hmm. you light them from right to left once they're in so you light the one that's like furthest away from the first one first Uh uh-huh and I might be getting the directions wrong on which is which. It but could be the, vice versa. <laughs> right. So it could be reversed. But the whole thing is that it's actually a compromise between basically like two second century rabbis. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one of which said it should be from the left and one of which said it should be from the right. And so like the answer is sort of both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Hitch for the Holidays yep. is a fun movie. <laughs> At one point, he steals a horse and, like, rides up to her to be her, like, I don't know, knight on a horse. <laughs> and they're pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, as, uh, as as a child of, like, an intermarried family, I'm all for, like, the movie that's, like, pro-intermarriage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, a matter of, like, uh, who wrote this right. and... Did they do any research and all that sort of thing? And, right. and for me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the new movie was definitely like kind of reading it. It's like, have you ever met a Jew? Just one, <laughs> just one. Have you? Oh, man. I'm, now I'm just thinking about like the posts. It may have been from you. Or it might have been from other people who are like dragging Paul Hollywood for like his description yes. of Paula Bread. <laughs> Yes, in uh, in one of them, he's like, "This is a traditional bread for Passover," and it's like, "That's actually the one it's holiday where you bread. don't eat bread of any kind." <laughs> you can't eat anything leavened, can you? That's no, leavened. that's the point of Passover. So that actually is literally the one holiday where you don't eat challah because it's like a general ritual bread. That. So like, you have it for every other holiday, <laughs> but not Passover because you can't have bread. Uh, right. Uh, what a silly man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like the evidence is mounting that Paul Hollywood has never met a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, he also spells it weird, but that might just be a British thing. Oh, how does he spell With it? With an O. Oh. Hmm. Because I would spell it C H A double L A H. That's also how most people in America certainly would spell it. Uh, but yeah, but he spells it with uh, the first A. There is instead an O. Wow. Yeah, and as I said, it's it looked very weird to me. It's not impossible that it's British. I mean, because it's all transliteration, so it doesn't sure. really matter. And I always actually like have a like, lot of tie, a lot of fun looking. Anyways, right? Uh, yeah, like I have a lot of fun looking at like Catalan actually transliterations of Jewish holidays because they have a lot of X's because the X is a sh sound, and so Rosh Hashanah uh. is like R O I X H A X A N A, which. Yeah, as an English speaker, is like, how do you even approach right. that? <laughs> but I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. So, like, that's, like, phonetically is the, like, closest approximation to, like, the Hebrew Rosh yeah. Hashanah. And, you know, it's a transliteration. You can spell it however you want, I guess, basically. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it just looked very odd. One of my favorite uh, transliterated words is, uh, I think it's Greek, baptisma. Mm-hmm. It, like... I think it means like you dunk someone underwater, but somebody in power at some point said, I don't want to dunk myself underwater. We'll call it baptism and then I'll just get water on my head. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I don't know how true that is, but that's the thing I heard once. (laughs) It makes sense because the whole practice like goes back to um, like a biblical, like full immersion practices. Yeah. Um, Like the Hebrew Bible slash Old Testament stuff. So mm-hmm yeah yeah so it's like where did you get like the the on the forehead thing like, right it's not a thing it's like we're, it, it, it's so much work to fully immerse <laughs> yeah <laughs> this has unexpectedly been a lot of conversation about religion <laughs> 
I feel like uh, that was always true of me, like, in high school and college, in part because I was so religious, mm-hmm. but also I, like, went to a Christian high school, and people would always, like, side-eye me and be like, are you secretly strange? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but not so much from that experience, necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I went to a Jewish <laughs> high school, so. Did you get side-eyed and people say, like, what what is a Jewish high school? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, it was, it was actually, I think it was, like, when I went to college, I was like, oh, like, not everybody's Jewish, huh? <laughs> Because, like, it's definitely easy to kind of get into your head because I definitely was at a stage where, like, despite the fact that half my family wasn't Jewish, like, all of my friends were Jewish, essentially. Because, like... Because you knew them from high school. From high school, and then I was also at a Jewish youth group. Like, I I had a lot of, Mm -hmm. like, Jewishness happening. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And now I'm no longer really observant, but I do Jewish history, so I'm still very much, like, in Mm -hmm. Jewish circles. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's funny, you can, like... I think that's true for, like, a lot of groups. Because, like, it's... When I first heard, like, the term, like, fundamentalist, I was like, oh, that sounds, like, so harsh and, like, weird. And, like, what are you talking yeah. about? And, like, now I'm like, I guess I was kind of in a very light fundamentalist. <laughs> like, not heavy fundamentalist, but a light fundamentalist group. Yeah. And it's, like, it's weird how, like, sometimes without even meaning to, you look around and you're like oh, everyone around me is, like, the same exact type of Christian I am. Yeah. Not only are they Christian, but they, they're the same type. Right. <laughs> like, that's weird. I didn't intend for that to happen. It's kind of, unless you actually actively seek out people that are different than you, you can, like, easily just, like, find yourself in a pocket. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's really interesting, then, like, the kind of lack of knowledge that people have in certain areas. Like, I, uh, when I taught a Women in the Bible course, I definitely had students who, like, didn't know that Catholics were Christian, Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've had some friends who said that, too. Yeah. Um, it was funny because I, I went to a Baptist high school. So a, a lot of Baptists like to say, like, you know, it's like that old joke. I don't know if you've heard that old joke where someone goes to heaven and St. Peter's like walking them down this giant mm-hmm. hallway. And then they hear like a bunch of people like being really loud. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the charismatics back there. Mm-hmm. And then like. I don't know a lot of other stereotypes about a lot of different groups <laughs> as they go past all these different mm-hmm. doors and then he's like okay you got to be really quiet when we pass this door and then like they're really quiet as they're passing the door and um okay so <laughs> anyway St. Peter um has them go past a door and he's Mm -hmm. like you have to be very quiet when you go past this door and then after they're they're on the other side of the door the guy that is you know being walked through this hallway is like why do we have to do that (laughs) and saint peter's like oh that was the baptist store they think they're the only ones here (laughs) 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 and like that is uh, a a picture of uh, stereotypical Baptist for sure and like I definitely heard Baptists say like oh yeah Catholics are not real Christians yeah. but I think um, those attitudes were beginning to change as I was going to high school so there was like a lot of Catholics who went to that school because yeah. it was like the only Christian school in the area right yeah <laughs> like there weren't like a ton of Catholic schools there were mostly Baptists right. so it was like yeah well it's close enough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't know that anyone like I think maybe some of like the administration or um teachers may have felt that way mm-hmm. even if they didn't say right. as such but i think all the students were kind of like eh, it's all the same right <laughs> but no yep <laughs> i did at one point want to uh like write a book about different uh Christian religions in America. Yeah. If, because there was like a bunch of things on TV and mm-hmm. podcasts about like cults of the 80s and 90s or whatever. Yeah. Because so, I think it was like the 25th anniversary of like Waco, Texas and all that sort of stuff. Right. So, anyways, it, it, I was like, oh, I'm going to like research yeah. this. And so I got like um, this enormous book out of the library <laughs> and it was like, an encyclopedia of Christian religions in America. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this will be <laughs> easy to flip through. 
And so I'm like going through the index and I start making a list and I got to like 20 different churches. Oh, and I was like, ah, I think I'm a little out of my <laughs> <laughs> But I think if I ever like were to go, uh, I think if I ever were to go down like an academic path, mm-hmm. that might be like the thing I would be interested yeah. in. <laughs> well, my PhD advisor wrote a book that was uh, the 10 restaurants that changed America. You could do like your like top 10 uh, Christian religious denominations that changed America. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So wait, are they chains or what are the chains? Uh, some are and some aren't. So it's, um, so one of them is actually like Howard Johnson, which he argues is what kind of introduced the idea of like a chain with extreme standardization that essentially like the food that you get at one Howard Johnson should take taste exactly like the food you get at any Howard Johnson in the country. Mm-hmm. But most of them aren't chains, so I can't remember all of them. But there was like an Ita- there was like an Italian restaurant in New York. Um, there's like a kind of like fancy like farm, like the kind of I can't remember what the name of it is, but like the kind of like original farm to table kind of place, which is in I think California. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a Chinese restaurant. There's like a fancy French restaurant, and I think New Orleans. Uh, so it's definitely like there's a pretty big range. I like how it's you know, an academic, um, did, did you say it was a paper or a book? Did you a say book. Yeah. My, uh, my PhD advisor is a medieval historian, but who also then started getting into food history and then uh, started writing things about American food. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like from like the title, you would assume it was some sort of listicle and then you would like actually get it. Right. It's like a listicle, like, oh, but it's like 400 pages and like very well researched. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah has actual like evidence and footnotes and right <laughs> cross references and you're like oh okay <laughs> this is more than i thought right <laughs> but yeah no I and mean, it's really well done i think i mean not that i know anything yeah. about the back like the background Good of what he's talking about really yeah since i don't know anything about america <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> but yeah it's a good book i recommend it <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite movie that you have watched for your podcast? Ooh, specifically for the podcast. The problem is, is I so frequently forget movies (laughs) almost as I'm watching (laughs) (laughs) because they're so interchangeable. I really liked the one I watched, um, this past Christmas with Ted McGinley because it was just so weird (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's one of those uh what do you call them it's like a bunch of short stories with a bunch of different characters and they all like kind of intersect with each other so kind of like love actually uh um kind of more like um I think that's what it was going for, yes. Okay. It, it kind of more feels like uh, like uh, Seventh Heaven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, they have 12 billion children, and for some reason they're all dealing with, like, lying in the same week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although they do interact, like, more than that. But, yeah, that was, like, that was a fun movie. And I think it was more fun because I actually did watch it with my family. Mm-hmm. I think I watch a lot of these movies by myself. Right. And that's not as fun. <laughs> How about you? Do you have a favorite? And so a lot of the movies that I've watched, uh, I've like watched originally not for the podcast. So like, I mean, so like the cheating answer would be like, obviously Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which okay. I have covered <laughs> for the podcast, but I obviously had seen before and liked. Um the movie that I watched for the podcast, like specifically for the podcast that I've most actually liked is The Little Hours. Hmm. I don't even know if I've heard it's, of that It's uh, Aubrey Plaza and, oh God, what is her name? Alison Brie and I can't remember who else, but, uh, oh, and um, uh, little one, uh, Dave Franco. Oh, okay. And basically it's about like slutty nuns. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better title. Yeah, uh, and 14 cent. Well, it's the little hours, and it's supposed to like sort of sound like the little whores. Uh, okay. Uh, and it's based off of a um, 
uh, some of the stories in Boccaccio's Decameron, and uh, it, I think, does a, like, really good job. Like, I think it's a, like, really interesting portrayal of the, the medieval world that, like, uses modernized language, but also, like, is nice because it presents the Middle Ages as not just, like, an unending moment of depression, which mm. is how it's usually presented in most medieval movies. <laughs> yeah when i think of like medieval movies i'm like okay lots of mud yeah exactly uh, lots of gray so much mud. <laughs> and there's like i swear there's like a filter that filmmakers yeah. have the like gray filter that they use for like uh-huh. oh it's, it's the middle ages <laughs> so i appreciate like movies that Sunlight don't do that wasn't invented. <laughs> in terms of like yeah in terms of like oh, sorry i oh I, I found the name of that stupid movie that I oh, liked yes. this past Christmas. It's called Christmas Reservations. Mm. And the reason that that's crazy that I forgot is because they make reservation puns like <laughs> six different times in the movie. Because <laughs> it's, it's set in a hotel. And everyone has like emotional reservations about having a romance. Oh. And so you see what they did there? And clever. They do it so clever. Six different times they draw attention to the fact that it's reservations and it's literally the title and it's just why do you need to do that but it was hilarious anyways i'm sorry <laughs> keep going oh no i was just gonna say the uh the movie that i think would be the most like movie that i would like recommend as a good bad movie mm-hmm. as opposed to one that i actually like um would probably actually it would be either The Night Before Christmas or it would be the 2010 Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. Oh. Which is terrible, but that also features this, like, kind of hysterical bit where Friar Tuck, like, so, like his personality trait, essentially, is that, like, he, like, doesn't actually like the church or, like, being a friar, but he really likes bees. <laughs> and he has these bees. And he says, hmm. the bees are my family is an actual line <laughs> that this man says in this movie. <laughs> now I really want someone to make some sort of mashup video between that character saying the bees are my family and then like Nicolas Cage screaming about the bees. Yes. And you can also add in, there's like, uh, there's a couple on, I think the most recent season of 90 Day Fiance that is like a bee-centric couple. That, like, oh. that's how they met, is they met on, like, a Facebook group about beekeeping. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and it's, like, it's, like, one of these, like, moments, like, with 90 Day Fiance, I don't know if you've watched it, but it's, like, one of these moments where every I've now and then bits. you're, like, how am I rooting for the weird bee couple? How is this, like, the couple that I care most about? <laughs> they sound sweet. Yeah. I can't think of a malicious beekeeper. There may be malicious beekeepers, but I don't know any. Right. Yeah. No, and it's like, and also, like, she clearly gets, like, super turned on watching him work with bees. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In my mind, I just, like, saw a couple, like, role-playing in their bedroom with, like, the full suit to, like, make sure they are protected from like, bees. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, because there's, like, yeah, there's, like, a scene where they're, like, going and they're, like, doing beekeeping together. And it's nice because, like, he barely speaks English and she doesn't speak Turkish, which is his language. And so, like, they're, like, basically communicating through, like, Google Translate and bees. And, and then, yeah, it's, like, she clearly is, like, so turned on by, like, watching him work with the bees. And is, like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go home now. <laughs> Hey, different strokes from different right? folks. It's like, yeah, I'm on board with your bee-related love. Uh, that's that's a surprise. <laughs> but yes, there should definitely be a like bee mashup. Yeah, and then it just ends with, "Do you like jazz?" <laughs> Yeah, this is something uh, that is definitely worth someone's time, I'm sure, right? oh, yeah. <laughs> to make this stupid video that we're coming up with. Um, do yeah. <laughs> well, where um, can people find you on the internet? So you can find me at my podcast at Media Evil, where I talk about medieval movies and mostly why they're wrong. And uh, <laughs> that's on your standard podcasting platforms. Uh, and also we have a Facebook group uh, and uh, on, we're on Twitter at Media Evil Pod. 
And uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarah Ifchdecker. Great. Oh, thank you so much for having um, me. Oh, thanks for being flexible enough to do this uh, in short notice. <laughs> um, and thank you all for listening. Make sure you tell your non-podcast listening friends that they need to go to notanotherbadmoviepodcast.libsyn.com and all the usual spots where you get podcasts. And you can throw me a dime at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and look for me and uh, I will give you my unending love there's also some bonus content there i am not good at keeping up with that (laughs) but mainly my my unending love is is what you'll get um and yeah at nabn pod cast is where you can tweet at me and i have an email which is not another bad movie podcast at gmail.com and yeah so we'll see you in a month. And maybe I'll even deign to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. Bye.